follow Miss Debbie on out. Again, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23, a message I've entitled, Remember Me. Remember Me, 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 23. Please stand with me out of honor to God and His Word as I read. The Apostle Paul, on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night of which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Thank you, you may be seated. And so looking this morning at Remember Me through the Lord's Supper. There was a little boy that went to church and he saw the Lord's Supper for the first time. After church, the boy asked his parents what the observance was all about. His mother explained that it was Jesus' last supper. The boy replied, they sure didn't give him much to eat, did they? Let's look this morning at remember me, starting with that word, remember. Remember. If you look in verse 24 and verse 25, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, when we see that word remember, that cues us to the symbolic nature of this supper. It is symbolic. It is a tribute. It is a memorial. I will show you a picture of my favorite memorial in Washington, D.C., and it's the Vietnam Memorial. Again, there are no soldiers there. What that is, it's a, a tribute, a memorial, a remembrance of those who gave their lives for our freedoms in Vietnam. What happens, though, if you see a monument or memorial every day? What happens if you see a monument or memorial and you don't take time to understand its significance? What if you end up having too many monuments or too many memorials? I love to go to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, but I remember several times that I've been there, there are so many monuments, so many memorials, you just get overwhelmed in all of that. And so you tend to skip over a few you tend to miss a few. Well, the Lord's Supper is a memorial. We remember the price that Jesus paid for our sin. His body was broken on that cross and even before, and His blood was shed out for you and me on that cross. We remember the price that Jesus paid. We also realize the relationship that is available to us as a result. And so at church, we celebrate often, but not too often. Because we don't want the Lord's Supper to become like one of these memorials or monuments at Gettysburg where you just see it all the time, you pass by it, and you don't pay attention to what it means. And so we feel that if we celebrate the Lord's Supper all the time, it might lose its significance to us. And so we celebrate often, but not too often. Something else I want to mention about remembering, and that is that when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, when we pass around the bread and we pass around the juice, this is not Jesus' actual body and blood. It is not his actual body and blood. Now, there are those so-called Christians who believe that when they celebrate the Lord's Supper, the bread becomes the body of Christ, the juice becomes the blood of Christ. It is not so. For Jesus was with them fully intact when he instituted the Lord's Supper. Let's look at this from Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And let me stop right there. Notice what he does. He takes bread. It's very clear. He takes bread and he prays over it. He breaks it and gives it to the disciples. And then he says, This is my body. 
Now, he doesn't pull off his arm or pull off his leg. He's using bread. And then we read on, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for their mission of his sins. Again, he takes the cup. He doesn't cut himself and drain his blood. And so if it sounds strange to you, the big technical word is transubstantiation. We don't believe that. We don't believe the elements of the Lord's Supper are Jesus' actual body and actual blood. We realize they are merely symbols. Because Jesus took the bread and he said, this is my body. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood. I don't think we're supposed to think that Jesus was giving us his actual body and his actual blood. But Jesus was instituting a symbol for remembering his sacrifice. There's nothing magical about the bread. There's nothing magical about the juice that we have. It's a symbol for remembering Jesus' sacrifice. It's just ordinary bread and wine. That's all it is. Well, today we have those little round wafers that kind of taste like styrofoam. But anyway, it's just like every day ordinary styrofoam, okay? When Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he used the available elements of the Passover meal to institute it. And so this was Passover. They were celebrating a Passover meal. And everything was there that would have been at the Passover, but a couple things in particular, unleavened bread and wine. And so Jesus used the available elements of the Passover to institute the Lord's Supper, beginning with unleavened bread. Now in the Bible, leaven always represents sin. So when Jesus picks up that unleavened bread, kind of like a big cracker like this, and he broke it, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Again, unleavened bread. Leaven represents sin. What was Jesus saying? I'm sinless. And then Jesus takes the cup. He takes the cup. And at the Passover meal, there would have been four cups for each person. And he takes one of those. He said, this is my blood. Now, we are commanded to remember Jesus' death. Jesus suffered an agonizing, painful death on that cross. And both bread and wine, if you think about it, they are the result of violent preparation. Wheat seeds are ground to powder. Grapes are crushed. Jesus' body was broken. Jesus' blood was poured out. And as a church, we are commanded to remember Jesus' death through the ordinances. First of all, baptism. Baptism shows Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. When somebody's baptized, they go under. It shows that they die, they're buried, they rise again. Now, there is another symbol, too. The person is dying to their sinful way of life, and they're rising again to live a new life for Christ. But again, we're commanded to remember Jesus' death through baptism and through the Lord's Supper, which we will celebrate today. Again, nothing magical about the bread, nothing magical about the juice. They are memorials. They are remembrances. Jesus gave his body. Jesus shed his blood. But why would Jesus institute these ordinances to remember his death? I know we spent a lot of time, especially in December, remembering his birth. Well, the Bible never commands us to remember his birth, but we are commanded to remember his death. Why? Well, I believe Jesus looked down through the centuries. He saw our sanitized churches. He saw our beautiful, smooth, bloodless crosses. He saw our suits, our dresses, and our nice clothes. I mean, look around you. Other than this cross behind me, 
There's very little in this room that indicates death. And so I believe as Jesus looked down the quarters of time, He said, you know, these people, they're going to they're gonna worship Me, they're going to have church, but they may tend to forget what I did for them. And I don't want them to forget. And so I'm giving them baptism so they'll be reminded every time they see it, death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm giving them the Lord's Supper so they don't forget the terrible price that I paid on the cross. I think our Catholic friends, while I don't agree with them, I think they may be onto something with the crucifix. You know, when you walk into a Catholic church, somewhere prominent, there's a cross and Jesus is on the cross. Now, I know he doesn't belong there. He himself said from the cross, it is finished. All I'm saying is, when you go into a Catholic church, you don't forget that Jesus paid the price on the cross for your sins. But I think Jesus, looking down to the quarters of time, he knew we would tend to forget the great price that he paid. So he instituted baptism and the Lord's Supper. There's a hymn we sing called, Lead Me to Calvary. It goes like this, King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where you were laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed guarded thee whilst thou slept. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Apparently that hymn writer thought the same thing that Jesus did, that we may tend to forget the price that he paid. Now when it comes to the Lord's Supper and remembering what the Lord did, multiple names describe the same observance. It's called communion, 1 Corinthians 10.16. It's called the Lord's Table in 1 Corinthians 10.21. It's called the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11.20. And it's sort of called Eucharist in 1 Corinthians 11.24. The reason I say sort of is the word Eucharist is the, is the Greek word for thanks. So you read in 1 Corinthians 11.24, it says that Jesus gave thanks. When we read in Matthew 22, where I showed you earlier, Jesus gave thanks. And so we don't see the word Eucharist in the Scriptures, at least not in the English Scriptures, but we see thanks. I don't know if you ever wondered why when we pass out the elements of the Lord's Supper, I always ask a deacon to give thanks for the bread and then later on to give thanks for the cup. You know why? Because that's what Jesus did when he instituted the supper. And so what's the right name to call this? Do we call it communion? Do we call it the Lord's table? Do we call it the Lord's Supper? Do we call it Eucharist? It doesn't matter. They're all biblical. I prefer Lord's Supper, but... One is not any better than the other. They all come right out of the Bible. And so we see we are to remember. But secondly, I want us to look at to receive. To receive. Look down in verse 27. I did not read this. But Paul indicates that only the worthy may partake of the Lord's Supper. It says there, Wherefore, wherefore whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Only the worthy may partake. Now here's the problem. No one is worthy in and of himself. Romans 3.10 says, There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, We are all sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what are we supposed to do? We're commanded as a church to remember the Lord through the Lord's Supper, but only the worthy may partake, and nobody's worthy. But let me add this, that worthiness comes from God alone. Worthiness comes from God alone. Not from our own efforts to be worthy. Not from our own efforts to do right. 
Worthiness is a gift from God received by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. When you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins, that he was buried for your sins, and the third day he rose again from the dead, when you truly believe and truly receive, he makes you worthy. Nothing else will make you worthy. Nothing else will make you eligible to partake the Lord's Supper. Only by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And that is why Paul says, look in verse 28, he says, examine yourself. He says, but let a man examine himself, then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Examine yourself. Are you worthy? You say, Brother Gary, you just said nobody's worthy. Right, but by grace through faith in Christ, he makes us worthy. Are you worthy? Have you personally received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you being obedient to his will for your life? This is when you examine yourself. Make sure you're a believer, genuine believer. Make sure you're obedient to him. Examine yourself. And know this, the ordinances, whether we're talking about baptism or the Lord's Supper, the ordinances are for believers only. They are for believers only. Why? Because an unbeliever does not and cannot appreciate their meaning. If you take an unbeliever and you dunk him underwater, he's not going to appreciate what that means. If you give an unbeliever a piece of bread and a cup of juice, he's not going to appreciate what that means. He's not going to understand what it means. But not only that, an unbeliever is not and has not been made worthy by Almighty God. So the ordinances are for believers only. The Bible warns, and we urge that believers only participate in the Lord's Supper. You can read this in your own Bible, but I'll show it to you on the screen. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And that word sleep means many have died. So if you take, partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily, Paul says that brings sickness and death. Now hold on. We're modern folks here, right? Are we really supposed to believe this? That, that if, if you take some of this bread, you're not a believer, but you take some of this bread, you drink some of this juice, you're going to get sick or maybe die. Are we really supposed to believe that? I wouldn't put God to the test if I were you. God in his word says, you partake unworthily, it's going to make you sick. It might even kill you. This is not something to play with, my friends. And I wonder, too, how many people have suffered due to this. We've all known folks who they got sick, and maybe they even died, but they go, to the, they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you know, I've run every test, I've tried every medication, I've tried every treatment, and nothing seems to work. We can't seem to break through this sickness. And the person ends up dying, and everybody's wondering, how could this possibly happen? Here may be an answer. This person may not have been a believer. They may have been partaking of the Lord's Supper and they got sick and they died. Don't play with the Lord's Supper, my friends. It's not something to play with. Yes, it is ordinary bread and juice on the one hand. On the other hand, it is so much more. It is so much more. So I'm telling you today, don't disgrace the ordinances. Do not disgrace the ordinances, whether we're talking about baptism or the Lord's Supper. Don't disgrace the ordinances. 
by allowing unsaved children to, partic to participate. You might say, well, you know, my child is 12 years old. It's about time for them to be baptized, so it's, uh, why don't you go forward, honey, and let the preacher baptize you. Do not disgrace the ordinances. Baptism is for believers only. And even in a few, minute, when we, a few minutes when we pass the elements around and your child is sitting next to you, your child has not made a profession of faith in Christ, and you say, you know, this is kind of cute. Let's just let him take, take some bread and drink a little cup. You know, that's cute. It's not cute. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And don't disgrace the ordinances by participating yourself. If you're not a believer and you get baptized, if you're not a believer and you partake of these elements, you're taking your life in your own hands. Don't risk your health for even your life. And so we see we are to remember. Jesus instituted this supper and baptism, but supper is our focus today, so we'd remember the price that he paid. And then we say we see receive. It is for believers only. If you're not a believer, do not partake. You say, well, what am I supposed to do when they pass the, pass the plates later on? Let them go past you. You say, well... What if somebody kind of looks down on me and says, I wonder why he's not protecting. It's none of their business, number one. And number two, you may be taking your life in your own hands. But thirdly, I know that's kind of heavy. I want to look at rejoice. Matthew and Mark, they record that after that first Lord's Supper, that Jesus and the disciples sang a hymn of rejoicing, and then they went out. My friends, the Lord's Supper gives us cause to rejoice. It gives us cause to rejoice in the past. It gives us cause to rejoice in the present. It gives us cause to rejoice in the future. Look at verse 26 here from chapter 11. Paul says, For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death, watch this, till he comes. And so the Lord's Supper gives us cause to rejoice in the past. Jesus died for our sins in the past. Rejoice! It gives us cause to rejoice in the present. We are forgiven of our sins in the present. Rejoice! And my friends, Jesus is coming back in the future. Rejoice! Well, I know the Lord's Supper is a somber occasion, but it's also to be a celebration. It's a somber occasion, but it's a celebration. Because Jesus died for our sins in the past, we are forgiven in the present, and He's coming back in the future. Rejoice! Let us rejoice as we celebrate today. Our sins are paid in full. We have eternal life as children of the King. It's funny, I told, I told Janice Thomas uh, Wednesday night, I said, hey, we're doing that song, Child of the King. It's real peppy. You, you guys already heard it. I said, everything Sunday is going to be the Lord's Supper, but I want to do Child of the King. I said, because one of the last things I'm going to say about the Lord's Supper is that it's time to rejoice. Let us rejoice as we celebrate today. Our sins are paid in full. We have eternal life as children of the King. And Jesus is coming back. Rejoice! But there may be some of you here that can't rejoice. If you can't rejoice, here's what you need to do. You need to repent and receive Christ as your Savior. Because I'm telling you what, once you receive Him as your Savior, you won't be able to help yourself but rejoice. Rejoice! And so what may be holding you back right now is the fact that you don't have Jesus in your heart. You don't have Jesus as your Savior. Your sins aren't forgiven. You're not a child of the King. And who cares, you say, who cares if He's coming back? That's meaningless to you. But you receive Christ as your Savior right here, right now. Repent of your sins. And you won't be able to help yourself 
you'll rejoice. You'll rejoice. And so as we prepare to observe and celebrate the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, remember me. We are to remember the price that he paid. Because look around you, we'd probably forget. His body was broken. His blood was shed to pay for your sins and mine. And then we looked at receiving the Lord's Supper. Well, only the worthy can receive. Well, who's worthy? No one. Except by grace through faith in Christ. Then God makes all those who've received Christ as Savior worthy to partake. And lastly, we looked at rejoice. It is a somber occasion, yes, but it is a celebration. We're forgiven. Jesus died. And he's coming back again. Rejoice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We apologize that we may have forgotten the terrible price you paid on the cross, but you've instituted these ordinances, the Lord's Supper in particular, very graphic. The bread is your body. The, the cup is your, your blood. Your broken body shed blood to pay for our sins. The word is clear. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You didn't change the rules when it came to your very own son. He offered his body. He shed his blood. And by grace through faith in him, we are forgiven. There may be some here who still need to receive Christ as Savior. Give them grace and faith to believe. There may be some here who have been disgracing the ordinances, pushing their children or themselves to do something that they're not worthy to do yet. But by your grace, Father, make them worthy. Make them worthy. May we all respect your ordinances. And may you speak to us as we celebrate your supper one more time again today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you silently prepare your hearts